Now hear the reading of God's word. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Our second reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So ends the reading of God's word, and you may be seated, please. You know, you look at that passage and you might think to yourself, what a strange passage for Christmas. I mean, this is Advent and it has nothing to do about Christmas. And yet when you place Advent and what we do at Christmas with this passage, it fits in perfect. Because we find ourselves very busy, amen? Amen. For some reason, Christmas does that to us. We have all kinds of things that come and and just push us one way or push us another way or drags us down or pushes us over or whatever you want, that happens. This morning we come as we look at how to simplify this time of season, how to make it so that we get the full extent of what it could be for us and not what the world says it could be, but what the Bible says it could be. This morning as we come and look, I, I found a, an interesting report and I learned something by this because I didn't know Tahoma had a newspaper. Anybody from Tahoma here? Do they have a newspaper? Voice of the Valley. Okay, well this fits then. Let me, let me read you something. A Tahoma, Washington newspaper carried the story of tattoo the Basset Hound, a while back. Tattoo didn't intend to go for an evening run, but when his owners shut the door's leash, our dog's leash in the car door, and took off for a drive with Tattoo still outside the vehicle, he had no choice. Motorcycle officer Terry Filbert noticed a passing vehicle with something dragging behind it. He commented that the poor Basset Hound was picking them up and putting them down as fast as he could. Can't you just see that with this Basset Hound? He chased the car to a stop and Tattoo was rescued, but not before the dog had reached a top speed of 25 miles per hour, falling down and rolling over several times. And then it concluded the article like this. Too many of us are living our lives like tattoo, picking them up and putting them down as fast as we can, rolling around and feeling dragged through life. 
Amen? You know, I have a video I want you to watch.
<laughs> Yay! Was that helpful? Wouldn't you like to see that again and just kind of, we're not doing it again, don't worry. But uh, just so you could go, <sighs> and it was perfect because sitting over here watching this, I had to watch over the Christ candle. And I thought, what a perfect way to do this is where we look and see Christ. Remember, Jesus is always the right answer. Where we look at Christ and we think of that silent night. When we look at Christ and we think of how we rush around so much and yet the priority is not the rushing around, it is not doing all the things Christmas tells us to do, but it's one thing and we're going to look at that in a moment. Let me see if any of these things fit you, okay? The holiday stressors, shopping for gifts, getting to the necessary holiday parties, putting up the decorations, cooking a meal, wrapping the gifts, making enough cookies and breads to give away, buying a tree, fighting the traffic, having enough money to buy gifts, if married, figuring out when to celebrate at both sets of parents without offending either, all the stores are out of the gift you're looking for, three frightening words. I wonder what those three frightening words are. Some assembly required. <laughs> having the right clothes for social occasions, gaining weight, Christmas programs for the kids at school and at church, untangling the stranded lights, sending out Christmas cards, hearing Grandma got run over by a reindeer for the 150th time, cleaning the house, forgetting someone for whom you should have purchased a gift, feeling the pressure to make a memory, knowing the year is coming to a close and you didn't accomplish what you intended to, facing relatives you don't get along with, Just checking. All of your work is due on a rapidly approaching December 25th deadline, knowing that maybe you'll spend Christmas alone. Three often overlooked words. Batteries not included. Being a part of a family that celebrates separately because of a divorce. Christmas lights that won't work. Arranging travel schedules, missing loved ones who have passed away. Paying off the credit cards, weeding through the crowded stores. Members of your family who find where you hid their presents. <laughs> Any of those things fit for you? Any of those things kind of ring your bell on these? I, as I watched the video and I, I saw the watching three TVs or three channels on TV, Marcia made an interesting statement to me the other day. And I had, I had my laptop on, I had my, what do they call it, my netbook on, I had the TV on, and I had my iPod touch on. And she says, why do you need all of that? Guys, they just don't understand, do they? <laughs> and yet, isn't that the case? that we find ourselves dragged in all of these many directions. This morning I want to approach the topic of rest for the stressed. And as I do this, I, I, I want us to see this direction for those of us, no, let me change that. I, I want to see the direction for all of us who find stress during this time of year. In Luke chapter 10, verse 40. 
we find ourselves looking at one very stressed lady. And her name, now get this right because I always confuse these two. Which one was the one that was stressed? Which one was the one that was running around doing everything? Martha. Very stressed. One lady, Martha. And would you put up Luke chapter 10, verse 40. Notice, Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came, I love all those stars there, <laughs> can't read it. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Or, or maybe it came out something like this. As she brought the appetizers out, and can't you just hear these words? Oh, Mary, dear sister, there you are. Don't bother getting up. And, and Jesus, I wish you could stay and chat like some people. In fact, I would love to chat with you. But you'll be wanting some freshly crushed grape juice soon, so I guess. In fact, I guess I'll just go back to the kitchen where I'm working alone. Can't you just hear that? Can't you sense what's going on there? The feeling that is there? You know, like Martha, we can get so distracted by all the seemingly necessary things that we miss the point. I mean, Jesus was coming. She knew this. And she probably spent a lot of time getting ready for Jesus. But as you people who are the entertainers know, Right at crunch time, it's the worst time because everything is coming together. The guests are there. The food just won't do what you want it to do. And so you are stressed. You're trying to get everything just perfect. How interesting this is with Jesus when he comes. That she's rushing around, stressed, getting everything ready, and she is missing the star of the show. She's missing the main reason why they were doing all of this. Sounds like Christmas to me, doesn't it? That we get caught up in all of these things that are around and we tend to forget the reason for this season. Oh, maybe on Christmas Eve. By the way, Greg Newart, what time are the services on Christmas Eve? Very good. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you. It was fun if you saw us at the Christmas parade, the Santa parade. We couldn't find the Sumner Presbyterian banner. And, and so, you know, what to do? Here we have this little float and we're singing Christmas carols and so on. And so Greg, after each verse, would say, and these songs are brought to you by Sumner Presbyterian <laughs> Church. Merry Christmas! <laughs> but he felt guilty to give the times of the services. So I just thought I'd have him throw them in here. So what time are the services on Christmas Eve? See, Greg, they listen to you. This is good. Whether anybody on the parade route did, I have no clue, but they did here. So here Mary is, or Martha is, she's scrambling around, and she has the wrong priorities. In fact, the real problem is that 
what she was doing was not bad, but what she could have been doing and what she should have been doing was not the best. Hmm. Jesus was in the house. Martha was where? In the kitchen. Isn't that how we operate? When Jesus is there waiting for us, when he wants us to come alongside, when he wants us to experience him more fully, we find ourselves in the kitchen or entertaining or shopping or, did I read these holiday stressors? <laughs> or doing those holiday stressors. So let's look at this whole idea of choosing what is best. And in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, and we'll show you those verses here, there are three commands that lead to our resting. What's the first command that we are given there? Come to me. It involves turning from our own ways to his ways. By the way, do you understand he's been waiting? Do you understand he continues to wait? Do you understand each moment of each day he is here with us saying, okay, I'm here. You get the idea? I'm waiting. And we tend to do what? Oh, I know you're here, but I got a lot to do. I'll be back. And off we go. Isn't that the case for us? And he continues to wait, and he continues to tell us, I'm here. And yet sometimes we'll look at him and say, but I'm such a mess. You don't want to wait for me. My friends, that's the point. Because we are such a mess, he is there waiting for us. Because we need him, in busy times and in slack times, he is there. How perfect for us to have a Savior, to have a Lord who cares about us, who wants us, and who waits for us. Let me show you a couple of verses here. First of all, John chapter 6, verse 35. Because... You can come to him and say, Lord, I'm hungry. And I don't mean the physical hunger so much, but maybe the spiritual hunger. Notice what it says. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. I'm here. I'm waiting. But Lord, I have to do so much. But Lord, if I don't get this done, I'll feel really bad. I'll feel guilty. But Lord, but Lord, but Lord. And he says, I am the bread of life. If you come to me, you will never go hungry. If you believe in me, you will never be thirsty. And then look at John chapter 7, verses 37 and 38. Thirsty? Hmm. On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him, what? Come to me and do what? Drink. 
where do we find what we really, truly need? I mean, we look lots of places. We try to figure it out day after day. You know, how am I going to be satisfied? What am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to take in? What will fulfill me? And Jesus basically says, if any of you, if any of you are thirsty, if any of you are not getting what you need, then you come to me and drink. I will give you what you need. And then John chapter 5, verses 39 and 40. What if you need a way in life? What if you don't know Christ? Well, look at these two verses. You diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. These are the scriptures that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. What do you do that you seek life and you come up empty every time? You know what? It might even be church. Could that be? But church is such a good thing. It's good people. And the preacher talks about Jesus. You know what? A relationship with Christ is not here. A relationship with Christ is here. Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Are you looking for something more in life? So the point again and our passage today talks about receiving his rest. For the weary, the Greek part there is to labor to the point of exhaustion. Anybody do that? For the weary, for the burden, the Greek here is to load up, heavy laden with sin. You see, Jesus already paid the penalty. There's nothing left for us to pay, and yet somehow we get in our heads, I got to do, I got to do, I got to do, I got to do. And Jesus says, it's done. It's finished. I've paid the price. God did not send Jesus to rub our sins in. Aren't you glad for that? God sent Jesus to rub them out. Do you sin? The answer is yes. I know you do. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. So, okay. First thing is to obey Jesus. The second thing that we see in Matthew chapter 11, let's look at that verse again. What's the next command? What does it say there? Take my yoke upon you. All right, this whole idea of a yoke. Hmm. What it meant back in that time, and of course you have the oxen and you have this yoke that kind of looks like that and the oxen stick their heads through it. But back then, it, it basically meant to submit to a teacher. In the New Testament times, it meant to take the yoke of or to kneel at the feet of a rabbi to become submitted to that teacher. So the yoke is easy means it was well-fitted. It fit the need. It took care of what was going on. 
It itched where you needed itching. It scratched where you needed scratching. And the rules and religion of that day did not fit the need. See, the yoke of Jesus was easy in comparison to the laws, to the rules. Now, what would happen if I said to you, okay, I'm going to give you a list of 300 thou shalts and thou shalt nots. Wouldn't you be excited about that? You could just every day, you could read through that list and see everything you should and should not do. And if you were really diligent, you would say minute by minute, oh, I can't do that. Oh, I should do this. And you would be a mess. You would feel guilt. You'd feel you have to keep doing things. You see, this is the nice thing about looking at the season and seeing the perfect, the Christ child. It's not about following rules and regulations. It's about seeking God. And that burden is light then. Compared to human effort, that burden is wonderful. Okay, two other thoughts here. Yokes are made for two. We are not meant to go through life living apart from God. It is easier to go with God. You know, I love it. One of the couples I married came today. And in our premarital counseling, we talked about being equally yoked. You know, having two oxen in the yoke going the same direction. And that's the next thing here. In a yoke, you can only go in one direction. Because your head is facing forward, you've got to go forward. And that is the way it is with us as well. Whose direction, though, do we follow? Do we go in his direction? Or do we go in the direction of the world? And I'm not talking about always bad things of the world. Sometimes there are good things in the world. But whose direction do we go? One last thing here. Let's look at that verse again. Take my yoke upon you and, what does it say? and learn from me. So think about this. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, Cast all your burdens, anxieties, whatever you want to call it, cast all of your burdens on him because he cares for you. How do we make Christmas season less? We throw away all of this stuff that the world says we must do, and we cast our burdens on him. Now, you can stay, sit out there and say, oh, pastor, that is so idealistic. You know, obviously, you're not living in this world. Well, yes, I am living in this world, and yes, it is very idealistic. And yet, I understand in my own life, as I begin to unwrap all of those burdens more and more I can walk with him. And you will find rest for your souls. Rest is a result of obedience to God. Matthew chapter 11, verse 29 says, learn from me. So let me close with this verse. So we must make every effort to enter that place of rest. Then no one will be lost by following the example of those who refuse to obey. Hmm. Is there hope for us during this Christmas season? 
can we rest from the stress? Do we have any hope at all? And the answer to all of those questions is yes. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you. My goodness, Lord, thank you. <laughs> One that you give us this chance to, to be your children, your men and your women, your boys and your girls. And Lord, as we rest, let us rest in you. As we are so harried, so frantic, let us take a moment and think, okay, what is the priority here? And the priority here is you. And Lord, I know there's some people out here that just, just can't hold on to that, can't grasp that, and, and that's okay. And I guess my prayer for them would be that they get so stressed that they need something. And maybe, Lord, in the back of their mind, they'll think, wait a minute, the preacher said something about, about you, Lord. Lord, help us to come. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We could have the ushers now receive the offering. <laughs>